<laughs> What's up? It's draft day. Dieter Gurdenbach, Jake Hutchinson. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to use this video, Jake. Maybe we will. I don't know. Post it on YouTube. Hey, it's Why it's not? nice for us. I get to see your yeah. face. It's pleasant. You know? it's, it's almost like a better conversation. Now you don't get to see all the terrible things like this Hyundai recall notice that I've received. Uh, Is your car getting recalled? No, they're just sending me a letter saying it might be recalled, which... <laughs> Listen, you know, there's the, not what, a problem with the car, but if there is, <laughs> you your know. engine might light on fire. We'll right. send a remedy down the line. Um, it's fine. The car hasn't moved out of the driveway in weeks because we're uh, my wife wanted needed a car, and so I took the old Honda, the 2007 Honda CRV from my parents' driveway in Chicago, nice. and uh, drove it out here. And now we've been a one car family ever since. Basically, that car got out here because you know pandemic and we don't go anywhere so that's like the, the the ford pinto like back in the day i think my dad had it and it had a problem where they used to explode because oh, it yeah. was just like if you hit if it wasn't it if you hit the uh the chevy nova in the back that's what it, it would explode it yeah. was the chevy nova it was yeah. literally it was literally an inferno Anyway, uh, there's no good segue. I was, I was, I was really grasping for one there. No. Uh, I pride myself on segues, but uh, this breaking down wide receivers sucks. It is the worst we have. It's tough, man. Uh, I get yeah. why Kyle is missed. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And beyond that, like I, 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 for the last couple of years, I didn't do it this year, but I've always tried to pepper in some draft questions to Kyle. Um, just in random press conferences when David Lombardi is just going on too long about something, I'll just be like, by the way, Kyle, like how do you evaluate tight ends? Right. Or how do you evaluate guards? And then I just sort of have this notebook of how Kyle evaluates things. And that proves very worthwhile come April every year. But wide receiver, he gave one of the great answers was about two years ago where basically he's like, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't like what the fuck am I supposed to do unless they play Ohio state. The only team in the country that plays man to man defense on the outside it doesn't matter. We're just guessing. And so that's why they drafted, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Dante Pettis, because uh, they thought, oh, he's a good punt returner. That means he might be able to separate in man-to-man coverage. I, I this it, it is tough. And when you yeah. look at what the Niners need, man, which is probably a Kendrick Bourne replacement, it becomes even tougher because you know what okay. they're – their kind of ideal is right. Like they want to have that Ayuk Debo sort of guy who can go inside and outside. And what they kind of need now is a bigger body and right. there's no big bodies. Yeah. That's the issue that I'm finding. Like I asked him about, you know, what he looks for in an outside receiver. And he basically said 40 time. Um, and it's like, which is like fair. He's like, you know, it's not just 40 time, but it's basically 40 time. It's pretty much um, just how fast can they run? Right. But like, so they've got their guys. The question is like, do you just keep swinging on that sort of like physical, like, you know, a guy like you can just do a lot of orbit motion, turn him into like almost a running back at times? Or do you try and replace Bourne, which it feels like they need a guy like that, who's just a semi-stable slot receiver. But also like, you know, what's like... Why not just go with like a more athletic, like almost like a KJ Hamler type, mm-hmm. you know, just a quick guy in the slot? It's tough because they did slide Bourne to the outside plenty. Uh, not that he did very much, but right. what they need is a first down daddy. Like there's no like other like I don't know where that fits in in a, a scouting report. But like who's the guy who's just going to have this uncanny knack for getting first downs and has a really good relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo? 
The Niners also have the issue of that they want to be in two wide receiver personnel all the time. And so you have to have a guy who, if you do go in to 12 or 11, um, that he can slide in the inside, obviously, third down situations, but can also be out there realistically in two wide receiver sets. And you look at a guy like Ayuk and Samuel, okay, well, those guys can slide inside easy. They probably are limited, if we're being honest, by being on the outside in Kyle Shanahan's offense. But that's Kyle Shanahan's offense. I don't necessarily think that you need the running ability, um, maybe not at least in the run game, the like the real like end around you know, flea flicker running ability that they have. But you need somebody who has a little bit of inside outside. Kyle's very particular in wide receivers in that way. And maybe they're in luck given the sort of jitterbug overload that this draft has. I mean, if you need a slot receiver in a traditional offense, you're covered. Don't worry about right. it. But for the Niners, I, I don't know. I don't know if any of it, we're basically trying to retrofit some of those guys in. Oh, is this guy a little bit bigger? Because then he might have a chance to be on the outside or you're taking an outside guy and hoping that he has enough athleticism to do some of the inside guy stuff. You're really trying to thread the needle. And if they you know, are able to find that guy, we've seen with Ayuk and Samuel, it works really well. I think one one major thing is Bourne is arguably like I mean, if you look at like PFF stats, but just like actually watching him, like one of the better run blockers, gen like regular wide receivers yes. who can block in the league. Yes. Um, and what I think is encouraging is that he didn't know how to block when he came in, and like they were like, "You have to block, or you're going to get cut." Among other reasons, like also <laughs> show up on time. And then he started yeah. doing that. Um, yeah, but I I think that's something where that's another reason they want a bigger body. You know, they need a guy to rely on as a blocker. Um, like that just, this offense demands that, you know, Kyle is, that's like one of the first things, you know, I've talked to a bunch of receivers in the room. They're like, that's like the first thing Kyle talks about blocking, blocking, blocking. So in terms of like developing guys into blockers, like, I don't think that's an issue, but the issue in terms of their perspective is like, well, if we're losing born, we probably want a guy of similar size who like isn't just going to die, you know, when we're running outside zone and goes up against, you know, Isaiah Simmons. It's it's even trickier because teaching a young guy how to block after playing at the college level is so tricky right. uh, in and of itself. And then, you know, beyond that, like, I don't know, you want to get sort of the maximum athletic value, but you then have to train them up really hard. It might be better to go with the veteran in this spot, but I don't know if they have the cash to get any veterans uh, for for that kind of spot. And we, we joked about it uh, on KMBR the other day, like, why not go with Jordan Matthews? But that's kind of where this team is. Like, it is literally bottom of the barrel, minimum contract guys, or you can do it through the draft and you, you should take the upside. But there is... There is some serious downside. Is there anybody on the roster? We know the top two guys, and, and those were a second-round pick and a first-round pick, respectively, in, in Samuel and Ayuk. Um, is there anybody on the roster that could maybe slide into this role and take a little bit of pressure off of the Niners? I mean, I, I think they're still really probably hoping that like Jalen Hurd cannot be dead. Um, I'm not going. To, I'm not even going to like pretend to hype up Jalen Hurd. To me, like I would approach the season if I'm the 49ers, like. Jalen Hurd is never going to play again. You know, right. that's how I would look There's at no, it. Until you see it. Right. If if he does end up playing, if he does end up being something, wonderful. Um, but like, 
he has not played a down in the NFL yet, and it's been two years. So, you know, let's assume that he'll never play. Just, yeah. you know, that's that's also my approach in life. Just assume the absolute worst, and right. at best, you're pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's a good way to go um, about it. And maybe maybe Jawan Jennings can do something. He was also, they were, they seemed to be pretty optimistic they still. They were sneaky high on him. About yeah. him. Um, he just had like a, basically almost tore his hamstring. So what they said, he had like the worst pull you can have without fully tearing it, which is almost worse than if he had actually torn totally. it. Totally. Just rip it off. You can get it surgically right. repaired. This one, it's like just right. going to linger. So they brought him back. I think they they may be hoping. Those are two guys where it's like maybe, but you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't go into the season being like, all right, we're just going to have Debo Ayuk and like hope Jalen Hurd and Juwan Jennings can be something. You absolutely. And here's the thing. They've drafted a receiver every single year for the last mm-hmm. 18 years. <laughs> Is that true? 18 yeah, years? That's yeah, not I'll, hyperbole? I'll pull, you talk while I pull up the exact number. Oh, my goodness. That's that's incredible. Um, you know, we, we've we've been doing kind of 53-man roster breakdowns. Uh, the Athletic did a really nice one yeah. uh, the other day. And it, it did not dawn on me. I, I think we've talked about it in the abstract for so long. It, it still hadn't reached a level of concreteness to where – there's just no money. <laughs> like no. there's no money. And it's going to cost $18 million minimum to keep Trent Williams. And they, there they goes maybe, all the money. Yeah. They, they, I think they might be able to get him cheaper. And by cheaper, I mean like 15, like okay. that's something where I just think it's because of like, the market. Yeah. And like, you know, he's, I think he'll play ball. Um, like, you know, yeah. he's not going to take a pay cut, but like, you know, structure wise, I, you know, they're going to like, they're going to give him what he's worth. Like there's no the question is, do, but like, do you front or backload that given all of his injury history? It's like, and uh, things like that. with him, it's like, I'd say it's, it's like four years. Uh, you keep it cheap year one and then like stack it brutally in like year three, like year three is like 25 million or something absurd, you know? So four years, like 75, $72 million. No, like, like four years, 80, 82. Oh, okay. And you just, you overload it on the yeah, back end. The third, <laughs> yeah, year three. That's dangerous. No, it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Um, which makes you Definitely. wonder if they just should have, you know, taken Tristan Wirfs last year. But that's another hey, conversation. You, you and I both we were big it. on the offense. Yeah. And this year, there's good offensive linemen. Um, if Panay Sewell somehow falls to 12, um, then 49ers should run around. I haven't looked Santa at Slater Clara either, but I've heard good things about him. I've I heard would, good things. Like, if I'm them, like, tackle I'm dr- defensive hey, end I, i'm not really interested in corner in round one um, no i i don't think they can go wide receiver in round one either no. and i think that there's going to be good wide receivers that might be available to them uh chase might fall waddle might be they there. might be in a really really good spot to trade down we we everybody loves a good uh, no. trade down um nothing nothing more than a couple more bites at the apple if if they do trade down and they're in the low 20s then then there's a pretty you know now we're now we're talking now they might be able to go wide receiver i still think that wide receiver is a day 2 yeah. day 3 thing and my big issue is i don't see any good t- day 2 guys i got yeah. one I, I got one day 2 guy and he might be a late first rounder if people talk themselves Who's up your to guy? it uh, it'd be Terrence Marshall out of LSU. I think yeah, he's the he's, only he's, he's a round two kind of player. I love I love guys that it was like 
uh, Justin Jefferson. It, it made no sense to me why, why he wasn't like the top receiver on the board. Um, it, I mean, <laughs> to me, to me, I was kind of down on Jefferson because no one knows what they're talking about when it right. comes to this stuff. It, it, it was because he played slot, and people were like, "Well, he's a slot guy." It's like, no, he he yeah. played in the slot um, right. because Chase was like their outside guy. Um, but, it's the same with Marshall. That's what Mar- right. Marshall's role this year was. He slid inside and is, dominated. Yeah. But he didn't have as good of a quarterback. I, I do think that there's something to be noted for, you know, when you break down Chase, who I think is just exceptional and is number one on my board with a bullet. Um, when you break down Chase, you realize, man, Joe Burrow was slanging it. <laughs> like Joe Burrow was Mac Jonesing out there. That's what he was doing. Nice. And uh, uh, so I, I think that, you know, Terrence Marshall, listen, it, it's a bit of a boom or a bust and a second round pick is nothing to be trifled with. If it's bottom of the first round, I'd be a little more wary. Right. If it's day two, I think that he could be the best receiver in this draft. I really do, outside of maybe Chase, uh, yeah. who I feel, or Waddle. I feel really high about Waddle. But uh, Marshall, I think, is that kind of guy. Crazy athletic, issues with him, drops, and that he's skinny. Um, but you, know, you got NFL a lot of weight. skinny guys in this draft, man. Um, so many. One guy I don't know I really how many like, times I noted it. I don't love his size, but I, he is unbelievably, and he, he's, you know, he's one of those burner speed guys, but like, mm-hmm. He's he can run like he can run routes. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge, Eskridge, yeah, Eskridge. from Western Michigan. Yeah, he was like one of the better returners. Oh yeah, the guy can move. Um, he's like a slot guy for sure. But and and, yeah, and that's the thing. It's kind like of a chunky boy. Yeah, he, he for his size, like he's one eighty nine at five nine. Like he's that's listed? not bad. I, I don't. Yeah, he yeah. He's the slot guy to me, though. I mean, he is. Yeah, fast. no, he You're is. 100% he right. is. Like, no, he's a total absolute. slot guy. But the, the the thing that I'm looking at is like this team's not drafting a receiver in the first. I, I doubt the second round. Um, maybe they yeah, do in the second round. Uh, I I just think they're like third or fourth round is kind of the sweet spot for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at yeah, prospects, um, yeah. that's interesting. I, I think it's interesting. Like we talked about, Demetric Felton. Um, like he might be a receiver as much as he is a running back. Like I'm not sure how you evaluate. You know, Kyle that. loves it. So there's a couple guys like that who you think they might be better off switching. Right, and, and, um, and there's so much like kind of an Antonio on, Gibson thing. Right, they're betting on like all these Memphis guys. Like they don't even play running back. You know, they just right. So I, I wonder they're just if, athletic weapons. Right. So I wonder if like maybe that they stick to that philosophy, which has clearly worked which is just betting on guys who like are athletic can take a hit uh, and are fast. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm with you on it, but at a certain point, don't you have to have a guy who's six, three, six, four yeah. and can get a jump ball. Um, right. Unless you're going to go into what we truly hope is the case, a, a two tight end constant set. And we'll right. keep asking for it until Kyle Shanahan or one of us dies. Um, it's, that's a lot of stumpy. That's a lot of stumpy. I know Ayuk is, is pretty long and rangy and the arms are crazy. I, I think about Brandon Ayuk's weird Kevin Durant arms all the time. That's wild. Um, but like he can't be your number one. Like, and I think at I some point you're that. No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, you, he can't be your number one in the sense of this. Like the classic possession. Re- they need a classic possession receiver. How about that? Like Brandon Ayuk is clearly the right. number one. I'm sorry. That that was a complete misspeak. What I'm thinking is you can't win on just route running and scheme all the time. Sometimes you just need a dude. Right. And say what you will about Kendrick Bourne. Like there were times when he was just a fucking dude. Yeah. And he like, would just 
make things happen. It doesn't make sense. Like he would just he's just a guy where it's like you need third and four, he gets you five. Like every time. First down daddy. Um first down daddy. And like tough catches too, like to the flat. Totally. Like really tight coverage. It's like again, he's like Jared Smith, where you need him in like a, a weird clutch moment, uh, except for the finals. Uh, well, that he had to think about that. That wasn't like a falling away jumper, so I don't, I don't count that yeah. into this uh, theory. But it's like put him in a tough situation where he can't think, just react. Clutch situation, yeah. like great, great player. He's super reliable in the moments that you hope you don't need, but there's something to that. And I, I'm just looking for a guy who has some reliability with some upside in the draft. Because again, this would be a better spot to go if you were a veteran. If you had a veteran, if you got like a T.Y. Hilton or something, I don't even know who would stand out as a veteran as a wide receiver because, again, it's just dime a dozen. And these guys who are coming out of the college game are so athletic and so much different looking than the guys that were playing wide receiver in the NFL three, four years ago. Everybody's doing the Kyle Shanahan shit. But um, it is I, – I think, I think that Marshall has a chance to be that kind of dude. I know Chase has a chance to be that kind of dude. Um, if you're looking for you know, just like the, the top-of-the-line OBJ kind of player where there's the chance of the spectacular, but he's also just going to catch balls. This is well before he got to Cleveland, like you know, Giants, Eli Manning version of OBJ. That's what you're kind of looking for. And now there's so many guys who are sort of built that way. You're not going to get the Randy Moss, six foot five, 220 pound, just gazelle, um, not reasonably. And, and if you are getting that, you're getting a sixth round pick that you're guessing on. And there's a couple of guys like that. Um, first round, I, I do think that there's one guy that we do need, or two guys that we need to mention if the Niners do trade down um, and and possibility of late first round, because the value might be too good there. One of them is Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, who is pretty big. Actually, I like Bateman a lot. I think, uh, I, I think he's got the wiggle. I think he's got the strength. I think that he's a really nice all around receiver. Again, it's all a crap shoot. Any, any right. thoughts on uh, Bateman? He, he seems kind of like lanky in terms of, you know, being able to go up at the catch point, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, He's he's interesting. He also he also played in that offense with our um, with our guy whose name I I continually forget. I keep wanting to call him Desmond Ritter, and I keep forgetting his name. Um, <laughs> I'm looking is, it up again too. How, how is he our favorite QB? And we we literally can't remember his name because he's not actually our favorite QB. It was just something that I came up with in October. Uh, he's, he's the one who's going bald. Uh, he, yeah, I like Bateman. Bateman. Just wins off the line of scrimmage. I think that that's that's what he does. I think he'd be great against man. Um, the you know burst isn't there really where you want it to be. I don't think that he has the forty time that uh, Kyle's going to be looking for. He's a four star recruit coming out of college. Uh, that kind of tells you. I think that honestly, given the fact that we're not going to have a uniform combine, and I'm hoping that the NFL with pro days uh, has kind of like one dude who goes from town to town, like the guy with the Stanley cup and uh, just does all the timing and stuff. But right now, honestly, I'm kind of relying a lot on like 24 seven or two, four, seven, you know, like recruiting stars. Right. I, uh, I, I think it's an interesting year where it's like, I, I don't like betting solely on production. Cause a lot of guys are in terrible, terrible offenses. Oh. 
Um, and they're going up against terrible, terrible defenses, too. Right. But to me, I look for production that in, the type of production that interests me for like a position like this, where you're not like just solely betting on a little slot guy, you know, beating players is like tight coverage and winning consistently. And I think Bateman is a guy like that where it's like he just wins. And that was like yeah. Jawan Jennings where we looked at him last year and it was like, didn't make any sense. He's nope. not that physically gifted, but he just nope. he just makes catches. I will it was, always it was bet totally on totally good guys. draft pick by them. Like it, it's, it, that's the value. Now the value might not be there with Bateman when right. you say, well, this is a guy who just wins. It would be nice if we started with, whoa, he's a freak. Um, right. One guy. PFF. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. One, one guy while I'm on the topic of Juwan Jennings, his teammate in Tennessee really interests me. Mm. Um, and he, he's a guy who's in that range. Josh Palmer. He's, he's going to be Josh like, Palmer. he's going to be like a day three guy where he never had great production, but the offense was also terrible. Like, yeah, he went to Tennessee. Of course, right. he didn't have great production. But the thing is, like, you look at his tape and, like, he's consistently winning against SEC corners. He's got great size. And yeah. it's not like he's going to beat you with, like, burner speed. But he's got speed. Um, he makes a lot of contested catches. There's, like, the floor with him seems pretty high. And so when I'm looking at the 49ers, like, looking at a guy who's, you know, been in – you know, an SEC offense been against that competition. They like to make that bet in later rounds. So sure. that's a guy I like to keep my eye on. I just think he's six one two ten. He's got a really good frame, um, pretty shifty. Like his, his route running is, it's not like, you know, it, when you're talking these guys, like it doesn't really matter because if, especially if you're going to be in the slot, you played mostly outside, but like, like anyone who's played on the outside can play in the slot. Um, right. You know, so uh, what would hope, right? If you can't, <laughs> Otherwise you're not doing the outside right, very if well. You can't. It's it's not going great. But I, I yeah. like him a lot. I think he's an interesting option. He's got sort of the size you'd look for um, as a blocker. He's he's pretty decent. And yeah, so there, again, there's so many guys in this draft. But in terms of like late, you know, day three guys to keep your eye on, I, I like Josh Palmer. Uh, another guy we have to mention on day one is uh, Kadarius Tony out of Florida, who is. I don't know what to make of this guy. Um, shifty is an understatement. Um, this dude is freaky. His legs are just, like elastic bands. It's freaky. Yeah. I mean, he looks like he could tear both of his ACLs at any I don't second. think he has any ACLs. I think it's just. That might be it. Right. He might, he might have the Juwan Blair thing going on where he just doesn't have ACLs. Right. But uh, he, you want to talk about a guy who could win off the line of scrimmage. <laughs> I mean, Kadarius Tony is going to do it every time. Um, now, the issue is, I don't know if he actually can play wide receiver. <laughs> like um, his dro- drops are not that big of an issue, to be fair. But like, I-, I don't think he knows what he's doing. I remember it was early in the season, and it was maybe the only Florida game I watched all year. He went back for a punt return, and he lost. I lost fifteen yards. Um, where I was like, who is this idiot? Like, and then later in the game, like he made, he did the same thing on like a screen pass where he just started running backwards. Like, I don't think he knows how to play the game of football. Um, well, the, but I don't I think really, that matters. 
Well, I think that maybe he feels I think he feels himself a little bit yeah. too much. He doesn't know what he's doing as a route runner. Like you can win off the line of scrimmage and then he just doesn't it, then there's no polish after that. Um I don't think that he can win one-on-one battles if there is a guy who like actually stays with them. That's a rarity at the college level, but at the NFL level it might happen. Uh injury was there. I don't think he has the 40 time. I think that he'd have a really good 20-yard split, not a great 40-yard split. Um at the same time, I mean, I don't think you can teach the kind of shiftiness that he has. And doing a little bit of research on him, he uh, apparently was a high school quarterback, and that is just an immediate way to get to the top of the pile right. with Kyle Shanahan. He loves the high school quarterbacks, which then makes it all the more confusing as to why he plays football the way he plays football. But um, in terms of just like raw, crazy athletic ability, even just as a punt returner or as a kick returner, there might be something there, but you can't spend a first round pick on that. If he somehow falls to round three, which I doubt he does, that would be the perfect spot for him. Round two, late round two, I can hear. Yeah. Uh, but people are talking about like a first rounder. Right, that's I don't the thing. see it, but it needs to be discussed. That's that's the thing that I'm finding with a lot of these prospects like Trey Lance and stuff where you know you see the upside, but like the floor is so low that like, you know, if you're talking about pro EV plays, like where the value is, it's not round one. Like, right. it's why we're talking about the other guys. Like, Kadarius Tony might turn out to be incredible, but like, of course, I don't want to make that bet in round one. Um, right. I, I want someone you who I'm need like, him. You need to know he's going to be incredible in round one. You right. need to. Have, you don't know what he is, and someone's going to make right. that play, and like, it might work out, and he might be incredible. Like, I it might be the 49ers. They might talk themselves into it. Somebody is going to feel really confident about it because they'll just see the ceiling being what it is. But if you're getting a first round pick. You cannot have that first round pick not be with value. I think I saw yesterday Tennessee Titans GM just going off on their first round pick from last year because he played like four snaps. Oh, year. yeah. Isaiah Wilson. The, yeah. The he's just like, yeah, he's like, I, I can't. This is unacceptable. Like, right. it, 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 that guy's guy a mess, by the way. I Listen, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it. All I know is that first round pick didn't do well first year, and now we have a GM like going in. On uh, yeah, him. I read like two DUIs, was ran away oh from the cops. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this is why you do the background checks. Right. Uh, this is why the Zoom meetings were so important. But um, nevertheless, like outside of the guys who are paid big money, legitimately, the the guys with the most pressure on them on the team, so outside of the quarterback and, you know, the defensive end and the tackle, which are the only guys who ever seem to get paid, you know, the defensive leader, the offensive leader, and they're, you know, two other most important players on the unit. The most important people, the guys with the most pressure on the team are the first round picks because they are, you know, they're the guys with the fifth year option possibilities. They're the guys who um, are expected to be not just starters, but expected to be, you know, impact players at the minimum. I think if you have a first round pick, you should expect for them to be in Pro Bowl consideration every year. And if they're a top 10 pick, they better be a Pro Bowler. Right. They just better be a Pro Bowler, just full stop. So uh, clearly, you know, you look at a guy like Tony, he's not going to go in the top 10. I think his range is anywhere from the you know, end of the first round to the third round, because uh, just who the hell knows? Uh, there, there's enough prospects here that he might get right. you know, knocked down a little bit. But he's somebody that we should discuss, especially if the 49ers trade back, because... If the nine the Niners, I'm certain, can figure out something to do 
with this dude, even if it's just a limited role, he would. I think he would have an immediate impact on this team. Not as polished as Ayuk, not as uh, reliable as Debo, at least when he's on the field. Debo's very unreliable about being on the field. But when you're dealing with a guy who has this kind of shiftiness and this kind of acceleration off the line of scrimmage, I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan would be interested in something like that, if for nothing else, but to make opportunities for the other guys, because you just have to commit two guys to stopping him if this dude's on. I'm with you. Um, one thing that's pretty disappointing about this draft is, you know, I was looking, you know, Ayuk was one of the elite punt returners, kick returners last year. It's not a lot of return guys in this draft. Like it's pretty barren. And so you kind of just have to project that, which is kind of a tough thing to project because like a guy might be like a tremendous receiver, might be a really fast slot guy. And like he just doesn't know how to field punts. Like that's a really specific skill set that like I totally. think you either have or you don't. Um, yeah, and it's, it's tricky too because I don't like I don't like running backs returning kicks. Um, I, I like Good Lord, the six I, two. Oh, just watching Jared. I like the six two year. six three guy. Yeah, these these little bitty guys back there. I like a guy who can be a long strider. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a long strider. Uh, maybe that's yeah. Tony's not actually. Tony takes about a million steps a second, but. Right. Uh, uh, you know, it, 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 you can see that he would just be an elite returner. I don't know where where does returner fall on the value chart? Is that worth an extra round to you? Like, how does that work? If you were to just draft a guy as a returner, how early could you go? Is it like kicker, where it's like fourth round is the absolute? Yeah, earliest? that that sounds about right to me. Um, okay. And again, like, there's not that many great returners, so to me, it's like totally. you're projecting like a quick slot guy, like almost like a Richie James type. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't talked about Richie James enough. Do you think that he could slide in? I mean, he, he was pretty good last year in moments. Yeah, I think he's going to have a role this year. Um, but yeah. to me, it's like you have to make a bet on someone else with some size. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, we, that's why we I go back to size. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got any other day two guys? Yeah. Like I'm, guys I'm looking at some one guy who's just got this. He's really raw. Uh, Josh Amator Bebe from Illinois. Oh, he's yes. built like an absolute tank. Um, he's awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm really interested in him. Uh, I think if he gets Give me the pros and cons, uh, cons like you know he's obviously not like a, a polished route runner. Just <laughs> sort of more of a raw athlete. Doesn't have like you know he doesn't have like four three speed. I think he's like a four five type guy. But he it's it's not like you're looking at him like oh he's slow. Like he's got long strides and he's physical enough off the line where he always manages. He doesn't get like a ton of separation, but he gets enough where he's always got one arm free. Um, I just, mm-hmm. there's something about him where I would very much, I would make that bet even in like late round three. I just think there's a lot of athletic upside. Um, as a blocker, you're going to get a dude. Um, yes. He's almost built tight end like. Um, He's he's interesting to me. Um, okay. Another what guy. What was that name again? Uh, Josh Amator Bebe from Illinois. Amator Bebe. Uh, Illinois also another reason that like you want to make that bet is Illinois has one of the worst offenses I have ever seen. Um, yes. And so there's a little bit of value in like picking a guy who is in like a terrible offense and still yeah. had some production. Well, you, you talked about this with Palmer and uh, Amator Bebe. Like um, I like when you're betting on. This is what kind of what the Warriors do. Like they bet on the Minnesota Timberwolves to be so god awful that anything that they did would be positive with Andrew Wiggins, and it's proven to be accurate. Um, There's 
there's a lot to be said. You, you harped on it before, but I, I want to uh, extol the virtues of your argument here. Like, if you are good enough to play in the SEC, that's something. Like, it's one thing if you're at Vanderbilt. It's a whole other thing when you're at Tennessee, which recruits out of its mind most year in and year out. So, like, this would be an argument for Palmer, who I do like to. Um, but then you are going up against SEC level competition. And I would feel more comfortable going with a guy who was on a bad team in a bad offense in a great conference and that kind of upside over a guy who, you know, unless they absolutely, you know, they were the Mac player of the year or, you know, the Mountain West player of the year, they're, they're not getting that kind of competition. And there's a, you know, maybe, maybe they translate just fine, but I think I bet more often than not on the guy who has the crazy athletic ability, who had a shitty quarterback and a coach who didn't know what he was doing, which is far too often the case. I mean, these coaches, we've talked about it a million times, maybe not on the podcast, but uh, in other realms of life, like college coaches are not good at this. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. The amount of times that I see teams run like, just two wide receivers like literally next to each other all the way, all the way, all the way out to the boundary. And then I'm like, your quarterback's bad. Stop giving him throws to the flat like every time, just bubble screens that like sometimes they work, but most of the time defenses are like, like, you're setting up like you're going to do that. Like I get it. You're taking people out of the box, but like it doesn't work. Like it's anyway. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad football. It's bad coaching. And you get, these guys in with Kyle Shanahan, hell, you get them in with an Urban Meyer. I mean, it just the good coaches are at the NFL level, and maybe the development coaches aren't as strong at the NFL level. Uh, you are dealing with older players, so there's something to be said for that. But like when you're talking about scheme lords, it's the NFL level through and through, and motivational guys, it's the NFL level through and through. They're like ten totally. good college coaches, and everybody else is just a really good recruiter, and they get by on really basic game plans and you know they just have better athletes that's kind of the entire name of the game whereas in the nfl the athletes are so great across the board even for the shittiest team you better be a scheme lord so um yeah i'm 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 with you on betting and you know my thoughts on competition level like i'm with you on betting on dudes at positions that aren't quarterback uh that that have shitty quarterbacks and betting on the upside it's like amazing how bad South Carolina is despite the guys they have. Like the 49ers are going to draft someone else out of South Carolina. Probably. You want to know the name? I got the name. What is it? Shy, Shy Smith. Smith. Yep. Yeah. I like Shy Smith. I, I like think Shy he's a good Smith player. too. Um, what did I mean? I don't know. I mean, it, I think it people would get like... more hyped about him because like he's another South Carolina guy and they're like, Debo's talking about him. But yeah, I, I, he, he's interesting to me for sure. Um, anybody else on day two? Or are you just? Uh, yeah, he's probably like later than that. Uh, oh, okay. Day three, uh, Ben okay. Skoronek. I haven't heard of Ben Skoronek. Talk he to me is about a ben Notre Skoronek. Dame guy. Um, okay. he, You're in on Notre Dame this year. The thing about Notre Dame is like they just they make their guys block really hard, yeah. and they really like to block, and they run hard. That's um, why I think Brian Kelly would actually be a really good NFL coach. Totally, like, they do a lot of NFL shit. What I like about Skoronek is like. He's just a big dude. He's like 6'3", 211. Like, okay. he's not, again, he doesn't have burner speed, but he runs really hard. Like, I'm looking at every snap, and, like, he's just he's running as hard as he can every play. And, like, as soon as, you know, another pass is caught, like, he stops and blocks. Like, he's immediately looking to block, and he's physical. Um, okay. And, and Skoronek. 
I, you know, it, it, again, we're talking about a deep day three guy, so it's not like totally. He's, you, I'm not expecting him to beat guys off the line of the scrimmage. We're talking about a large slot receiver who you sort of scheme up space for, um, and has the length and you know ability to make some catches. And he is. Is he a Spider Man? Is the graph going to look good? I think it's going to look decent. I don't think his 40 time is going to be spectacular, but I, I think he's at, he's going to be fairly quick. I think he's going to have a pretty good uh, broad jump. Um, okay. You know how you again, know. How, I mean, what I'm wondering is the 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 shuttle and yeah. uh, and and some of the splits. I want I want that 10 yard split, baby. Right. I'm I'm with you. I'm and for a guy like six three two eleven, he's yeah. he's not moving like a chonky boy, which is. You know, it's hard to tell how fast guys are, especially Notre Dame tape always looks weird. Totally. Why does it always it's look the, sped up? Uh, it, it looks sped up because they're using different cameras than everybody else. And also um, the it's really hard to play at Notre Dame because they use long grass. So it's really tough for defenders. Right. And so the defenders, I don't know, it, is, it probably is sped up. That's probably why we're, we're going off a of YouTube crap this year. It's tough. Man. I don't know. Um, here, here's a day three guy for you. Uh, in the backyard. So uh, John Lynch is going to love this. He's a Stanford guy. Semi Fayoko. Did you catch any Semi Fayoko? I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get to travails. Him. I didn't get to him. Okay. Semi Fayoko, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. He is stupid fast. He is like stupid freaky athlete, and I swear he has no idea what he's doing on the football field. I love it. Absolutely none. But when we're talking about just physical freak, absolute physical freak, seems like a, a straight, well put together kid, uh, LDS kid out of uh, out of Utah. Oh my. Um, just if you can teach what? him how to play wide receiver at all, total total coup, absolute total coup. I don't know if you can, but if you teach this kid to play wide receiver at all, it's game over. Are you watching him now? Yeah, sixteen catches for two hundred thirty yards and three touchdowns against UCLA. I mean, UCLA is garbage, but you know, he had a good game in that one. I remember that one. That was a good one. Um, He, he just, he had the man versus boys thing going on that I'm looking for when I'm watching college guys. Yeah. I like like that. I like that. Again, we're talking day three, like. I would Day three. This would be like this would be a round four pick, round five pick, because the uh, the uh, the athletic upside is too high for him to fall any lower, right? Like round six and seven Dude, is college guy. He doesn't yeah. like he doesn't move when he gets hit. He just sort of eats. Oh it. no, no, he's no. It was it was absolutely laughable. He made Pac twelve look bad, which isn't hard to do. But ultimately, there was pretty much one guy who was doing that. Bad drop, uh, whatever you know. Oh no, yeah, he has no idea. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, absolutely two drops. Yes. He has no idea what he's doing at the college level. Um, yeah, but that, that and, and the pro level, it might be. The other guy I like is Seth Williams out of Auburn. Uh, just kind of a yak daddy. Uh, he, you know, he, I thought he was pretty good against man-to-man stuff. Obviously, he had Bo Nix throwing him the football, so you're kind of betting on that. Yeah. It's it's kind of what we were saying before. It's just like you know, if you bet on bad teams and good conferences because they have good players, like you can't get to Auburn unless you're a four or five star. And uh yeah, six three two fifteen. I like that. So, One guy Seth who would Williams. be a uh, priority free agent for me. Ooh, uh, TJ, we're down into yeah. priority free agent. DJ Vasher out of Texas Tech. He needs to add yes. like a hundred pounds <laughs> because he <laughs> yeah. is built like Kevin Durant. He's six yeah. six. I think he's listed two ten, but he he looks like he's one hundred eighty pounds. Yep. But like that guy, they said the same about Kendrick Bourne. Man is long as hell, uh, and like yeah. he can get up. Like, yeah, 
why not? Why not? Like if you have a second, seventh round pick, like go for totally. It, you know, yeah. My my big thing is, and we this is pretty much every position, but wide receiver especially. So if you're going day three, and listen, there's a big risk if you're going day three at wide receiver because basically you're just spinning the wheel and hoping it comes up winner. Yeah. Um, whereas you know other positions, you can say, oh no, I I know what I'm looking for. We're going to maximize what these guys can do. And we're going to limit what they can't do so that, you know, but in certain systems that works for the 49ers, like they know what they're doing with defensive linemen on day three. Just right. give me the broad jump and they'll run in a straight line like that. our system works for day three guys. I don't know if the system works that well for, you know, day, th- you know, Kendrick Bourne, it worked out OK. I mean, Kendrick Bourne's going to get paid. Kendrick Bourne's not some superstar in a system that gets dudes open like nobody's business like Tight end, it works great because no one knows what they're looking for in a tight end. Um, but wide receiver, they haven't had success. I mean, they haven't had success with the second round wide receivers, and then they did. And right. you know, they you know, Ayuk worked out big time, but Ayuk was a first round pick. Like you look at the day three guys that they have or undrafted guys, like Richie James has worked out. That took a while. The dude was on the cut list for three straight years before that. Right. So. And they I'm seem not to, sure if the Niners can wait. Right. And they seem to prioritize. That's the thing about looking for like big slot guys. Like they're not going to totally. draft them before like round four. Like I, I just don't Nor see it. You. Like, no. And, and that's the thing that's but like. Then, but if you were any good, everybody's in the slot now. So if you were any good and you were a big slot guy, you're a first round pick. <laughs> also, like the, the value here is like you might need Debo insurance. Um, oh no, one hundred percent. So maybe you say, like, yeah, maybe this isn't our biggest need, but like, we don't know if Debo is going to stay healthy, and then <laughs> it will be for seven games a year, right? <laughs> so, like, do you take a guy where, like, normally you'd be like, all right, we'll we'll wait till day three, where you're like, yeah. kind of like this guy, you know? Yeah. Let's just now. Yeah, I think I think you need to pull the trigger faster than you normally would because you haven't had success with day right. three and exactly what you mentioned like one you have an immediate need it might not be the most immediate need but there is an immediate need you probably need to get two or three receivers in this draft all things considered you need to start stacking at that position if you can i don't know if this is a good draft to do it in but you need to load up on some dudes so that jordan matthews isn't taking snaps next year uh i think it would be foolhardy for them to pass up on marshall if he's there in round two i think that that's kind of the spot where beginning of round two you know what i don't know what they have in round two yeah they have a round two pick yeah, they, yeah, they've got round one, round two, late round three, right? Four, two fives, six, mm-hmm. two sevens. I I think that that early round two pick, so that would be what you know, 40, 50, yeah, fifty. I don't know, for 40, 46, right. 44, something like that. Um, that would be just a perfect spot for for Terrence Marshall. I, I think that that's probably where he ends up going. Um, fingers crossed. I don't know. I, I think that I think that that's the guy, and then we can come up with day three guys until the cows come home because it's all it. funny money. I love it's it. all funny money. What are we doing next? We're getting into the offensive line. I'm actually more excited for this than I am for this wide receivers. This this took it out of me. This hurt my soul because yeah. I'm just oh, like, s- like, oh are they really going to draft one early? I don't think so. Like, like like the North Carolina wide receiver had an average depth of target of 20 yards. Right. Their their running backs are better. That, by the way, that North Carolina team had some just insane skill position players. Like totally, I don't totally. know what their team is, but like they're it's that team is really well. 
Well, Mac Mac has an incredible staff, and then he comes in and puts the rings on the table at the end right. and wins over every parent known to man. So, like the the position coaches always. I did recruiting in South Florida for many years. There's a lot of ways to do it right. Um, the way that Mac does it, and I think this is probably the way to do it, is to go the full Nick Saban route, which is the position coach wins over the kid. Right. And that could be a low level position coach wins over the kid. And then Nick Saban comes in and, and lays down the law right. and just like finishes it with the parents. And I don't know, man, there, there are very few people in college football who can do better than Mac <laughs> just coming in, Mac just coming in and finishing it off. Um, it's it, it's quite something. So I, I, I'm not surprised now their quarterback is Sam Howell. Is that his name? Something like that. I'm not going to pretend listen. to know. It's uh, man, uh, college quarterbacks suck. It sucks, so man. Because like they suck so hard, and watching wide receivers with all these quarterbacks who suck sucked. It's brutal. Like they're really are they getting worse? Like what? They're getting worse. They're getting worse. I think they well, all and beyond that defenses have kind of figured out the five plays right. that they run. Ugh. And defenses suck. It's all bad. Right. I'm glad I don't cover college football. I am. Anymore. I am very stoked to look at the offensive line because. Again, biggest needs. Uh, I mean, you can say all three positions. Like, but if why you not draft? Order. Why not draft a tackle that one? I, I'm with you. That gives you insurance against McGlinchey because who knows? He has another down season. He's out. You know, like totally. You know, now, I will. I will say this. This is a tricky part for them. Um, the fifth year option is now guaranteed. So um, we saw this with um, Leonard Floyd, I believe. Um, with the Bears, they traded him uh, before this season because basically that that he was going to be a free agent, and the fifth—I mean—it becomes a really big issue with that fifth year. It's now a fifth year guarantee, and totally. I know that you know some people around the Niners, and, and I, I think Mayoko's reported this that they're like, "Oh, we'll we'll give McGlinchey that guarantee." I wouldn't. Um, because if he does the same thing he did last year, he's nowhere near worth what you're doing, even with the cap going up. So I would, I would draft his replacement right here and now and stick him at guard and sinus and sinus center. And then your offensive line is absolutely absurd. It's bitching. It's bitching in that regard. And you have great backups. You have great backups in that situation. It's a little frustrating to me how this, how they treat guard. Cause it's like this team with like an yeah. athletic upgraded guard really like I don't think people realize how valuable it is. They rely so much on pulling and getting second level and watching like Ben Garland at center whose ankles fucked. I'll give him the benefit of the I doubt. Yeah. Um but like anyone anybody who was out there was was overwhelmed for reasons. I mean Garland might be a very good center, but like what you want is him as a backup guard, backup right. center, healthy. And I'm just saying you, you get some like crazy crazy athlete like you stick him in there, like and McGlinchey is a guy where, like, we talked about this, like, get his confidence up. Like, if, if it's rolling, like he's a very good tackle. He just no needs doubt. to be confident. Like when everything's going well, again, he's a bellwether for the team. When he's not playing totally. well, they're usually not playing well. When he is playing well, things are going well. Like, which means that they're running. Um, right. It's. I I think that it would be a very smart decision to get a guy. And I think that any of the first round options that might be available to them at 12, given the very perfunctory look I've had at at offensive linemen, would be capable of playing inside and then sliding out, which is ironic because that's the opposite of McGlinchey. McGlinchey's issue is that he gets overrun with power 
And so you can't slide him inside, even right. though physically he might be better built or for inside. Put him at tight end. Yeah. Also, like, seriously, <laughs> think about like having three tackles need... and going like jumbo package. And, and Dude, you, I, I'm really we intrigued were, by that. And I'm not joking. We, we almost had a fat guy touchdown in the Super Bowl. And that would have been the perfect jumping off point for us had that fucker caught it. Um, what was his name? I don't even remember. But um, Seattle and Tampa do a lot of you know players recording eligible. Do that. You don't have if we're not going to have Kyle Again, Juice check around. Yeah. McGlinchey played basketball. I, I think he could do it. I think he could. Oh, I don't doubt for a second. I don't doubt for a second. And and it would you know, align with his new vegan lifestyle apparently. So, hey man, all all we're asking for is Mike McGlinchey at tight end. That's all. It's listen. We want two tight ends at all times, and sometimes three, so long as Explain the third. Explain to is Mike me McGlinchey. how you would stop a running game where you have <laughs> basically seven offensive linemen, and two of them are playing tight end. And that's not including like whether you get like a Tommy Tremble type fullback. Like you're not stopping that. Listen, this is why this don't is the not 49ers just run the triple option? <laughs> I don't know, man. They should just never pass the ball. <laughs> they should just only do shovel passes. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo and a first round pick for Lamar Jackson and Kyle Shanahan can finally have what he really desires, which actually isn't what he desires at all. No, he, it's do, not. he doesn't. He, he doesn't. He had one and he hated it. So. Well, offensive line it's gonna be good I, this, I is, this, is where we really, this is where we really show our stuff jake no one wants to get deep down and dirty into offensive line except for us i actually can't wait like i'm stoked it's gonna be cool. I'm, I'm excited to watch that guy that uh joe staley was coaching up from north dakota state dylan reduce reduce pretty good stuff man can't looking wait looking forward to it all right adios